And hello from Boise, Idaho and Idaho Education News. This is Extra Credit, your weekly podcast looking at education and politics. I'm Kevin Richard. And I'm Clark Corbin. And, I mean, it's September. It's kind of the end of the summer season, but uh, it's also the beginning of the budget season, as uh, we reported this week, as you reported, Clark, this week. The the budget process for 2017-2018 is already beginning at the State House with uh, Sherry Barra coming out with her budget proposal. Walk us through a few of the uh, salient numbers. Yeah, the highlight um, this year, we're looking at the bottom line numbers. Uh, Superintendent Ibarra is going to ask lawmakers for a 6.6% increase in general fund spending on public schools next year. That's about 105 million dollars. So she's going to ask lawmakers for another increase in public school spending uh, next year. If you remember, Kevin, over each of the last two years, lawmakers have ultimately approved a 7.4% increase. Uh, So So this comes in a little bit lower. A little bit lower than than what we've seen the last two years. Uh, And that's not entirely unexpected. There have been a couple, I think, state board meetings and and some public meetings where uh, Superintendent Ibarra has said we cannot always expect uh, going forward uh, for a 7.4% increase every year. And, and so she did sort of send uh, some warnings that, um, you know, earlier in the year that, that, you know, may not be quite that high every year going forward. Um, but I had a chance to talk with her on Thursday morning. So Thursday was a big day because uh, that is when all of the state's agencies and departments are required to submit their state budget to uh, the state government, uh, Ybarra, and the State Department of Education took it another step to their credit and, and released the documents publicly uh, and talked about her proposals, uh, sent out a spreadsheet line by line uh, looking at the different items. And so uh, that was good news for us. But some of the highlights... What are the most important numbers to know about here? Um, we're going to... A big part of the increase, again, is the career ladder. I believe this is going to be about the third year of increasing teacher pay through the career ladder model. So we're looking at about $57 million in increase for salary and benefits for teachers. Uh, We're looking for $8 million more in technology uh, for the 2017-2018 school year. And uh, this kind of deals with a couple of stories we've been writing about this summer, but there's also budget increases for both the literacy initiative and the math initiative where state officials have been trying to invest money in training and initiatives to help especially our younger students in the elementary school grade levels work on their reading comprehension and their literacy skills as well as math. So look for an additional $1.6 million to buy some more math coaches uh, that would be able to help school districts throughout the state, and then almost $6 million more for the second phase of the state's reading initiative. Uh, this year, there was funding for an additional reading instruction uh, for kids in grades K through 3 under Ybarra's budget request for next year. That money would go to professional development training for teachers and revamping the state's reading test um, that students in the elementary grades take. There's also just a slight boost in discretionary funding, uh, but discretionary funding is not getting the kind of uh, attention and the kind of increase that we saw uh, this most recent session, it was a big deal right. to finally uh, get back to that high water mark before years of of budget cuts and, and holdbacks brought that down. So uh, the key points are about a 6.6% increase, more continued funding for raises for teacher pay, and then a focus on the areas of math, reading, and technology are kind of the highlights from this budget. 
And let's quick baby step people through this process because we are six months away from knowing what the budget for next year for schools is going to be. Take us through this step and the steps to follow. Sure. This was just the preliminary, the very first step. Uh, and, and this is just one proposal. And, and, and so this, the budget itself likely is not going to be set you know, until maybe March or right. so of 2017. <laughs> Between now and then... Uh, we will have the governor release his uh, budget request for K-12 and for the state of Idaho. That's going to happen traditionally on the first day of the legislative session uh, in very early January. So the legislative session will kick off. The governor will deliver his state of the state uh, speech and give his budget recommendations. That's the next big step that we're going to look for. A couple weeks after that, if we follow the traditional calendar, then you'll see Superintendent Ybarra go before the legislature's joint budget committee committee and, and make a formal recommendation to budget writers. This is a big day. This is one of the most closely watched days of the session to see the questions that lawmakers will have for the superintendent, how she responds to that, and, and we'll get a sense then uh, based on the questions they ask perhaps on the, on the direction that JFAC may, may go. After that budget request, then we have, um, you know, a several-week process where uh, the budgets will be begin to be written. Lawmakers will debate funding levels, and then we'll actually see uh, budgets go to the floor uh, for final votes, and then to the governor for approval. And so, this is the 2017-2018 budget that we're talking about. So, just the first initial step really kicked off. On Thursday of this week, uh, with the budget being made public, the budget request from Ybarra's office, and it kind of sets up this six-month process uh, where it will take shape, and there's a lot of politicking and, and, and negotiations that will go into that, um, and then we'll see the final numbers take shape. Okay. So the process begins. The process begins, and i got to say, uh, it's been interesting for me to watch the superintendent's evolution on the budget. During the first year in office, she was presenting numbers from Tom Luna. Uh, that budget hearing was widely criticized by lawmakers and the public. When I met with Superintendent Ibarra this week, she was confident uh, in the numbers. Uh, she talked about how the budget was developed, and she had control uh, over the information. And so it's been interesting to watch her evolve uh, on that. That's just something that, that folks can look at. But uh, So look for that. Check out our full coverage at Idaho Ed News. But Kevin, you've continued to cover the legal battle, the ongoing legal battle involving uh, broadband in the state of Idaho. There was a new countersuit mm -hmm. that you wrote about. Who, who's suing who this time? Well, everybody's suing everybody, or so it seems. Uh, you know, Speaking of one of these stories that never seems to go away, the Idaho Education Network uh, legal battle uh, just continues, and it continued with uh, the the latest uh, the latest round comes from Attorney General Lawrence Wasden's office, and, and no surprises here. But what this lawsuit does is it places the Attorney General in, in diametric opposition with the the vendors on this failed project on two very important fronts. Basically, uh, the Attorney General is saying that the state owes these vendors no money, no back pay. Uh, the, the vendors are saying they are owed millions of dollars for services that they provided the state and were never paid uh, during the, uh, the lawsuits. Wasden is saying there's no legal contract, therefore there's no legal mechanism or requirement for the state to pay. That's one thing. The other thing is the question of whether these vendors owe the state back payments, whether they actually need to reimburse the state for the money they received in the first place. 
uh, Wasden is contending that since this contract is illegal, has been ruled to be illegal, the vendors have to give the money back. Why are we caring about this issue years after the uh, years after the fact, years into this legal dispute, and more than a year after the uh, the project itself was shut down? There are millions of dollars at stake here for the state, for taxpayers, and for the vendors. When we're talking about the money that the vendors received in the first place, we're talking about $29.7 million. That's what Wazden is hoping to claw back from the vendors. The vendors, in turn, in their lawsuits, are claiming that they're owed tens of millions of dollars in damages because of, of payments they didn't receive. Each of the vendors, Education Networks of America and CenturyLink, are claiming damages in excess of $18.5 million apiece. So we are talking about tens of millions of dollars. Hence, we're talking about a story that we continue to cover and continue to track closely because the stakes are enormously high. And I'm no legal expert, Kevin, but I don't think you have to be a legal expert to recognize that any talk of a settlement, we maybe moved on beyond that, but we've got different sides on far ends of the spectrum here. They, their positions almost could not be more different. Right. I mean, you had uh, folks in the legislature who approved a uh, an $8 million fund hoping that that would be enough to bankroll a settlement with CenturyLink and ENA. Those talks are are done. Uh, they are by the boards. And, and you know, now that the vendors have sued the state, obviously there are no negotiations going on. So this is going to be settled in court as it has uh, been debated in court now for seven years. So uh, I see more legal brief uh, reading in my future. And, and really, yeah, that's that's an important part of our job right now. There's just so much money on the line uh, for taxpayers, and uh, we'll keep tracking this thing. And, and that's why we're doing it. Like you said, you know, the Idaho Education Network has, has been mothballed. It's been closed for years now, but the court battles continue, and, and there's millions of dollars at stake. And you've done a good job covering that. So if you're interested in, in finding our coverage or, or, or going back through the archives, check out Idaho Ed News if you're interested in this issue. And, and because of the amount of money uh, in play, I know you'll continue uh, to cover it for folks. Let's switch gears and talk about another following the dollars kind of a story that uh, Jennifer Swindell broke earlier this week at IdahoEdNews.org. And it goes back to the Caldwell School District. Lots of uh, uh, lots of headlines out of the Caldwell District here over the past 15 months. And what we what we uncovered, what Jennifer uncovered, was uh, two superintendents, two administrators in the school district, including uh, former superintendent Tim Rosendick, received more than $200,000 in contract uh, payments for 2015-2016 under the auspices that, they, that these administrators would continue to do consulting work for the district. Uh, we went back, we tried to ask for paperwork to indicate what kind of consulting work uh, the administrators had done. There are no records. So The document literally did not exist, is what the Caldwell School District said in response to our public records request. Meanwhile, nobody, not the publicly elected school board members, not past school board members who were involved with this decision in 2015, uh, not their interim superintendent, nobody would comment on, on whether this work was done uh, and, and what happened uh, with the expectation that this work be done. They still haven't really explained the circumstances that led to former Superintendent Tim Rosendick being ousted, where he was essentially relieved of his superintendent duties 
Uh, and 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 that's where the money came in. They they said he would continue to earn his pay for the 2015-16 school year, $137,000, but that he and the old assistant superintendent, deputy superintendent, would be required to do this consulting work. We filed a public records request for that consulting work, and the only thing the district has told us is that those documents literally do not exist. Uh, beyond that, they would not comment on it. Right. And it kind of leaves us in that situation where you where you can't prove a negative. We cannot prove that no consulting work went on. But we can say, and we reported this week, that there's no paper trail to indicate that consulting work actually occurred. Well, an important distinction here is that within the, that contractual agreement, they said that documents would need to be provided right. to the district. And so that's why there we went a mechanism with... in place, supposedly, to uh, require... Uh, a paper trail. Yeah, so that's why we're talking about the paper trail not existing here is because the contract stipulated that those documents would be need to return to the district. We requested those districts, those documents from the district, and we're told they did not exist. Interesting story. Um, for sure, I, I would encourage folks to uh, to check it out. We still have not heard really a response from the district, uh, even a couple days now after mm-hmm. Jennifer published right. that article. So we'll, we'll keep on top of it, and we'll see if there are any new developments coming out of the uh, out of the Caldwell District. All right. Kevin, uh, I want to talk a little bit about elections, but not the presidential election. I want to talk uh, – there will be plenty of time for that yeah, well, later. Yes, and, and plenty of people talking about it. Yeah, yeah we don't need us weighing in at this point. But uh, I want to talk about some of the local elections. We did have – and probably not everyone knew this – we did have some local elections, depending on where you live, across the state of Idaho this week. What did those involve and, and, and what passed? And then what's coming up next week? We had a smattering of school elections uh, on Tuesday, uh, levy elections. This is one of the four days of the, the calendar when, when districts can run levies. Uh, some big headlines out of the levies this, uh, this go-around. Uh, Kasha County passed a renewal of its uh, supplemental levy for two years. So did Madison County and the Madison District. The Wilder School District, uh, they were able to pass a uh, supplemental levy on Tuesday, this coming three months after an identical levy failed. So those levies passed, those supplemental levies passed. Uh, another headline from North Idaho, the Lake Ponderé School District, they were seeking a $55 million plant facilities levy. Those are a little bit different than supplemental yep. levies. They go towards building projects. And in this case, they uh, require a a higher threshold to pass is needed a 55% majority. Uh, barely a third of the voters up there uh, supported this plant facilities levy. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what that district does in the future, how or if they try to address uh, facilities needs uh, going forward. A fairly, uh, fairly strong message from the voters on Tuesday. Now we you've got the, you've got the rundown right. the rundowns on your blog if, yes. if if you want to go through and check areas close to you and, and see what passed what was on the ballot on Tuesday surely do that but if you live in the Boise School District coming up after the Labor Day weekend you have another uh, election right you've got this kind of oddball school board election on the Tuesday after Labor Day uh, Boise has its own calendar it has its own set of rules for elections and one of the rules school board elections are held the first Tuesday in September, in this case, then the day after Labor Day. Two seats are up for grabs. Uh, three candidates are running. You have an incumbent, Dave Wagers. You have two uh, challengers, Beth Oppenheimer, 
uh, who's been active on pre-K and early education issues uh, around the state for quite some time. Uh, Monica Walker also running. Uh, what we were able to do this time around, we uh, took a look at some of the uh, the fundraising in this race because uh, this is about the first school board election in the state where candidates were required to file sunshine reports. I kind of walk through those numbers on my blog at idahoatnews.org. Some familiar names supporting specifically Beth Oppenheimer and Monica Walker. They uh, raised a few thousand dollars, including some money from legislators, city council members in Boise. Uh, Dave Wagers, $93. He is kind of proudly and, yeah. uh, you know, unabashedly running what he's kind of calling a, a no-frills, nonpartisan election. These are so tough to handicap these races because there's such low turnout, especially when you factor in that we're coming into a, uh, an election the day after our, the last holiday weekend of the summer. So really hard to read what we're going to see come Tuesday, but we will have uh, full election results on Tuesday night, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have that as part of our coverage going into a busy uh, first full week of September. We will, for sure. If you do live in Boise and, and you're interested in voting on Tuesday, you actually vote uh, at your neighborhood school. In most cases, not necessarily your traditional precinct. Visit the district's website uh, if you need more information about your voting procedures for Tuesday. Otherwise, by Tuesday night, certainly Wednesday morning, we will have the results for you at Idaho Ed News. One other uh, interesting thing going on next week, the first in a series of public forums held by the state regarding school accountability is going to be taking place. Uh, first one's up on Wednesday night in Boise. Second one is Thursday night in Caldwell in the Valley, Valley View School District. I will be out uh, covering those. That's a big deal under federal education laws that were approved uh, recently. The state has not had any kind of accountability model uh, since Superintendent Ibarra, since before she took office. And so this is a big deal if you want to find out uh, about uh, those accountability provisions. Check out one of those public hearings or check out our site later in the week for coverage of that. We'll certainly have election results um, like I talked about. Right. So Boise elections, accountability, and a whole lot more next week. And just quickly wrapping up, one final final note. If you have a back-to-school photo for us, uh, submit that at our Facebook page at Idaho Education News. The, uh, the winner will get a $100 gift card, so you've got the back-to-school photos already. We know it. <laughs> We've seen them on Facebook. Come share them with us, and uh, you might uh, win a gift card. Depending on when you're listening, we've got a couple more days in that contest. The rules are on our September Facebook 8th. page, but you have until September 8th. Easiest way uh, to get a $100 gift card, I promise you that. Hoping that someone listening today will win it. Okay, so that's about a wrap for this week. We will be back uh, next Friday with another edition of Extra Credit. We'll get you caught up on uh, the week in education and politics. Until then, have a good Labor Day weekend. I'm Kevin. And I'm Clark. Have a good week.